Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. We can't give away any more than we've already given away when it comes to Tim Oxford. We gave away his email address on this podcast <laughs> when he appeared. Mm-hmm. Holding the microphone, I take two steps onto the ice surface and I just go... Oh my god. And hit my knuckles oh, into the microphone, into the ice, and essentially oh. had like bloody knuckles. So I had to swap the mic and hide my bloody knuckles during the interview. Mm-hmm. Came in, you know, wrote the on cams, did the highlight packs, did a little bit of a chat. Was that the way you auditioned for Sports Center too? Just if I didn't have to audition, let's <laughs> You're just we love you. Here is your contract sign. Mm-hmm. Well, where were you in January ninety six, <laughs> Lindsay? Uh, I was probably learning how to ride a bicycle. Okay. Mm-hmm. When no. she found me, I had this like um, wax paper on my chest. No more lardo on it. All in my tummy, though. Mm-hmm. What an image. Just passed out. She's like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, we might have a surprise one. Do you think you could do a podcast with me Thursday? Surprise. <laughs> is this a surprise for me? It uh, is a surprise. I just realized it. Mm-hmm. So you hardly made it, but you well, made, but it. made it. We sputtered to the finish line, but here we are. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Dance. Dance. <laughs> Hi, my name's Dan O'Toole. I'm back from vacation. That's what I, I was having a three-week vacation during the pandemic because I was waiting for the pandemic to end. I'm like, I'm going to go on a trip, going to go on a trip. And finally work said, you got to burn those days. <laughs> I'm like, I can't go anywhere. So You are so lucky to be on vacation. <laughs> you were so lucky, Dan. I was, uh, I was bored out of my mind. Jermaine Franklin is here because I come back. Uh, to work, and now Jay is gone spending the rest of his vacation time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your second appearance on the... Well, actually, this is your third appearance or second guest host? Yes, second guest host. Umsies. Yeah. And you remember when you've been in this room, unlike Natasha. <laughs> Did you hear that story? No. <laughs> so she came in, and she was filling in for Jay one week, and um, she came in to guest host the podcast. And I said, is this your first time on here? She's like, Yeah. And then Stoff looked back like, how, how far back? Uh, like maybe a year and a half. A year and a half. She was sitting between us. She had been in here speaking, looking into our eyes. And Natasha and I both completely forgot that moment. Uh, what a show that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, vacation during the pandemic is, um, hey, you get to recharge the batteries. Makes me appreciate coming to work. Gives me something to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's something. And as I've stated before, um, and Jay said this, when I'm not on the show, I'm almost more involved in the show because I'm watching and I'm sending ideas and messages, and most of them don't make a lot of sense when I'm, <laughs> when I'm watching the show, but uh, they get the gist of it. Yeah. Well, they know you so well. Yeah. If it does make sense, <laughs> they're worried. <laughs> they're like, whoa. What's up with Dan? Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I've got my yerba here. That's, oh, that's fantastic. You've become a fan of these, have you not? I have. And that's one of the best sounds of, you know, that and that of uh, bottled beer, I'll just say. Coors Light. Yes. Coors Lights. Yes. Silver Bullets. Yeah. You a Silver Bullet guy? The mountains are calling. They don't tell you the temperature of the cans anymore, I don't think. I think people have now figured out, okay, I know when a beer is cold. Yeah. I hope. You would hope. You know what's the best freezer in the winter or fridge? The outside. Yeah. The quickest. Oh. Yeah. Instantaneous. The out there, it's over. It's great. <laughs> the box of wine or beer? <laughs> beer, but... I'll, Wait, do you I'm call, do you call a case either. of beer a box of beer? No, it's a case. It's okay. a case. You sit on the case. You sit on the box. A 2-4. A 2-4. They don't call it a 2-4 out in Alberta, do they? No. And they don't say beers. They can say a flat. A lot of them, yeah. Don't they say a flat? Well, there's a lot of cans out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of cans <laughs> out there. You get a 2-4, and it's like, what's with the bottled beer? Cans get colder quicker. You're like, oh, all right. Well, I'll take a flat. <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, 
I've been doing a lot of thinking during, the, during my time off. Um, the last few days, I've sent a few tweets. I wanted to get your thoughts on these. Um, if I can uh, go and know where the... Okay, first, first I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we discussed this for a second last night, Little House on the Prairie. I was flipping around the channels and I, I, I went on to the episode and I'm like, oh, the iconic beginning where they pull up in the covered wagon, the kids run down the hill, the one kid takes a header. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love that they just kept that. They're like, no, that's natural. That kid's probably hurt. <laughs> but Still leaving to this day. <laughs> keep rolling. <laughs> it was bad. The first episode I watched. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Guys, barn burned down. But I think every second episode, a barn burns down. Yeah. Oh, there's some tough, like the older sister lost her sight. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And then she started a fire with her glasses. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Little house. If you weren't burnt in a fire back then and survived, you were one of the lucky ones. Because if you look back on every town's history, every major building has burned down. Yeah, there's a fire. <laughs> like in my little town right now, the original town hall burned to the ground. <laughs> Why? Did, did anyone investigate any of these fires? Here's my thought while, while watching the opening sequence of Little House in the Prayer, where Michael Landon and his wife, they pull up and they're, they're surveying the land. And I thought to myself, if you were an original settler... You did not have a day off for 30 to 40 years. No. Because you would wake up, you have nothing. You've got to build what you need. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> waking up and saying, ah, all right, I get to sit back and watch the lake today. I don't know what you, you don't have, obviously have TV, read the paper. They couldn't afford the paper. There was no newspaper. So you were just back to work. Yeah, very true. And if, and if you had a demanding uh, partner and you were like, just finished the one bedroom and they're like, time for the den. <laughs> and then it's burned down. The next and then day. it's burned down. <laughs> Twins are on the way. Oh. Twins. The, the hospital burns down. And it takes and it take and the twins won't be able to help around the farm for at least six years. <laughs> so that's and like, that's why the big families, because you need, they the need help. help. And and the other episode I watched, a guy was uh doing stuff on his roof and he fell off his ladder and the doc just happened to be driving by. They're like, oh, he's like pushing, like you've got the medieval doctoring going on. He's like, oh, I don't know. Something might be, he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Cut to that night at dinner. He slumps over. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. He's dead that night. Oh, it was a little more than a punctured lung. <laughs> yes. Now that now we know why they check for the spleen. They always remember the you know doctors always check that spleen. And that little house uh, doctor, he would have been the one with like the cocaine and stuff because back then all the medicine had cocaine. I think because you instantly oh, felt yeah. better. Probably you're like, oh, that guy would have come back on the ladder if he gave him any medicine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's tell me if you agree with this tweet I sent. A lot of reaction to it. Some people calling me crazy. I said, there are two meal-drink combos that are set in stone. You have a Coke with sushi and chocolate milk with a sub. No need to at me because I'm simply stating facts. A lot of agreement on the chocolate milk with a sub. Yeah. And then the other people that didn't agree asked if I was 12. <laughs> and then a lot of people agreed with Coke with sushi, but the ones that didn't said, no, beer with sushi. Hmm. Your thoughts on those two. Do you have any set in stone drink meal combos? A lot of people said beer and wings. Last time I actually, it's <laughs> the like, food on this show. Last time I was on this show, I, I talked about my go-to uh, McD's if I'm treating myself. So I don't have a set in stone, except I, I do get a, uh, usually get a Coke or a Pepsi. But if I'm treating myself, it's a chocolate shake. So chocolate milk with a sub, I'm down if that's what you want. But I usually get a Coke if I'm getting a sub. Okay. Sushi, um, I don't eat sushi a ton, but I could see how Coke is, is tasty with sushi. And beer, I, I love beer, but um, I rarely drink beer with food. I have not found a combo where I'm like, oh, got to have a, 
a cold beer with food. It's, it just doesn't go with me. So if I were to drink something with sushi, it would probably be Coke or, or water. Okay. Maybe juice. <laughs> you weren't asking you know, for a juice. Apple juice. Well, a lot of people say green tea. Also green tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And here was my other one I sent out today. I said, life fact number 679. It is impossible to chop garlic and not think of this scene. And it's the chopping onion scene from Goodfellas in prison. I'm like, every time I chop garlic, I think of that scene where they're cutting it with a razor blade. And almost across the board agreement with that. That's pretty cool. And then people were wondering where you get razor blades like that. And my brother chimed in, said, you get them at the hardware store in the paint aisle. Hmm. And I recognize those razor blades from the barbershop. There you go. Yeah. And a nice lineup, as they say, in the black barbershop. I had a sh- real shave one day with one of those blades. And I'm like, this is going to be glorious. They're going to heat my face. One of those razor blades or a, like, like it a was nice? A, yeah. 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 It was the worst. Oh, really? It felt like they were tearing each hair out with a tweezer, and, and you can't stop them. Like, you can't yeah. say, this hurts. Can you? <laughs> yes. Well, I've never had... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't really trust a barber around my neck, there, per se, mm. with that real blade. But, uh, but yeah, you, yeah, tell them to stop. Well, I Sharpen never, that I, thing up with a leather belt. Now they'll be right there. I never went back anyway, so yes. I don't have to. Um, Stuff, should we call our first guest or surprise guest? Um, our, our first guest, I don't know, um, probably hasn't seen a razor in a long time. <laughs> like maybe his entire life. Um, this is a special guest. I know Jay surprised you with a special guest. Yeah. Uh, when you co-hosted with him. So I figured we'd keep this, uh, this, this is your life theme kind of going. I don't know if you've met this guy, yeah, but you know who he is. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, December is his favorite month. Hands down, he owns this month. Oh, Santa. Santa's your guess, isn't it? Let's just see who our special guest is. Santa Claus, is that you? <laughs> of course it's me. How are you? Santa Claus, thank you so much for joining us on the Jay and Dan podcast. Uh, Jermaine is, uh, is uh, guest hosting for Jay. I said uh, this was a guy he's known for his entire life. I don't know if you guys have met, <laughs> but maybe in passing, like ships passing in a night. Oh, I think that'd be about correct. I have dropped off a few presents for him once or twice. <laughs> so That's Santa, best Santa, are we going to see you this year? Are, are you, are you uh, quarantined? Are you ready to go? Oh, I'm fit as a fiddle and ready to go. On Christmas Eve, I'll be whipping around the world, dropping off presents to all the good boys and girls. Now, Santa, I've always wanted to ask you this question because we've never had you as a guest. By the end of the night, have you had enough of chocolate chip cookies and milk? Well, actually, no. Because I have to move so quickly, I burn so many calories that I need all the cookies and milk that I can get. Wow. Okay. Now, I always get my kids to maybe leave out a different snack. Do you have anything else besides milk and cookies that you like? Maybe some some carrots for the reindeer. Oh, absolutely. Carrots for the reindeer. They also like apples as well. As for myself, um, no, cookies and milk is just fine. I like to have a little bit of eggnog when I get home, but that's only after I'm done flying. So the day after, what is now, going on? now Santa, we work on a sports show, so we know what it's the day after a football game is for, for players. They, they can barely move. The day after delivering all the presents, what does Santa Claus do? Well, I like to relax in my chair in front of the fireplace and just read a nice book. Oh, Santa kept it PG. I thought he was going to tell Mrs. Claus to come on over. Now, what Mrs. Claus and I do is none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're fit as a fiddle, Santa. Now, Santa, what is the what's the top prize? The, the top prize, the top gift this year. What is the? Oh, I guess it's the PS Five or Four. What is the the PS? The new one. That's right. The PS Five, I believe, is the new one, and then the uh, Xbox Series X is also very popular. 
How many elves does it take to build uh, the five and the X? Well, right now, uh, we've got about 10,100 elves at the North Pole putting together all kinds of toys. So it's, uh, as for the Xbox, uh, usually I'd say two or three per, per console. That is amazing. 10,100. Oh. Now, Santa, this is, mm-hmm. if people are wondering, this is the real Santa. And Santa, you're here to tell people uh, because of COVID and the different restrictions and you can't get to, to see everyone in person before Christmas Day, where can they find you? Oh, well, I've teamed up with the wonderful folks at FromSanta.ca, and which offers the opportunity for children to have a live video chat with me or to receive a personalized pre-recorded video message. That is and a- the best part is all of the profits are going to Sick Kids Foundation. Oh, that's huge, Santa. And and you need to book your spot because yeah, uh, I tried again, to get my so kids get it. To, to talk a few nights and it's all sold out. So so you just go online and you can talk to Santa. And Santa, we know you're extremely busy and uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me chat for a little bit. And I just want to remind everybody again that it's at FromSanta.ca. Awesome. Thanks, Santa. Give our best to Mrs. Claus. <laughs> I will. Have a wonderful night, boys. Merry Christmas. Santa. Merry Christmas. <laughs> there we go. A podcast first. The I, real Santa Claus. I guessed right. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I'm like, all right, well, what's uh, who really is it? Oh, it is Santa. So, again, it's from Santa.ca. All uh, proceeds go to uh, Sick Kids Hospital. Get to talk to Santa. He's the real deal. He's awesome. That's outstanding. What was on your wish list? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's between me and... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wanted to bring this up uh, as well. The first time Jermaine and I met um, was when I just was a, a newbie at TSN. You were working for the fan. We met at a Blue Jays game. All right. And I, I look back, it would have been 2003. I wanted to look through this roster of the Blue Jays that we were there to watch that night in the media center. Greg Myers was your catcher. Guess who was at first base? The man, the myth, the legend, yes, Carlos. Carlos Delgado. He was an interesting cat to deal with. Yeah. Um, he was, but he was very intelligent. Um, uh, but you had to come correct with Carlos for sure. One of the sweetest swings. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we have a, we have a uh, B-roll tape of him. Someone asked him a question that worked here at TSN. And he's like, do you know the game? <laughs> do you know? No, no, no. No, I'm asking. Do you know the game? And when an athlete does that, you're like, ah, where do I hide? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember once uh, talking to him or in the scrum and my brother, Julian, he worked mm-hmm. at the J. So he knew and he he knew that um, I was Julian's brother. So he's like, he goes, good question, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> thanks, Carlos. Yeah. Um, oh, dog. Orlando Hudson. Oh, yeah. He was your second baseman. Yeah. O-Dog had a serious Southern draw. Yeah. The yeah. one thing I remember about him one night, again, I only reported on like four games. One time they lost badly. We were all in the, the locker room, and some reporters were laughing. He comes out. He goes, guys, we just lost. They're going to think we're laughing. So stop it. So everyone just shut up. They're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, Chris Woodward, shortstop. Eric really Hinsky. Nice was on that team. Shannon Stewart, Vernon Wells, Reed Johnson. And who was the DH on this team? Josh Phelps. Wow. That was uh, that was quite a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vernon Wells, quiet talker. Uh, yeah, Frank Cotillonato was on that team. Remember he had the 10 hits that one game? Was it 10 hits, 9 hits? Oh, man. Roy Halladay, Corey Lytle, Kelvin Escobar, Mark Hendrickson, Josh Towers was on that team. Mm. There we go. A walk back in time for our 2003 Toronto Blue Jays. No candy Maldonado? No. 
throws over everything. That's when he threw it. Airmailed that one home. <laughs> um, our next guest uh, we've had on the podcast several times. Um, Jermaine, you've not spoken to him, but he has become a quote-unquote superstar in North American media because of the Trump presidency. I'm speaking of um, Daniel Dale, used to work for the Toronto Star. Then he went to the States, now works for CNN as a fact checker. So we're going to see how his do- he's doing now. We haven't talked to him in, in months. We haven't talked to him since uh, the election to see if uh, <laughs> maybe the stress level has gone down a little yeah, in his world. Today's a big day, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Electoral College. Yes. Electoral College finally made it official. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone was. Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of people are still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How does American Idol run a voting contest where it's like, okay, here's your winner, and there's no controversy? <laughs> American Idol can do it. <laughs> That's a good question. What was Trump's show? You're fired. <laughs> The Apprentice? Yes, The Apprentice. It wasn't called Your Fire. <laughs> so if you haven't heard Daniel Dale on CNN, this is the man, the myth, the legend. And that's where Kristoff hits This it. president is a serial liar, and he serially lied tonight. I counted preliminarily more than 20 false or misleading claims. I want to go through a whole bunch of them quickly because I think it's all important. Trump said Joe Biden is, quote, talking about taking down the border wall. Biden has specifically, explicitly rejected that idea. He just said he'll stop further additional construction. Trump claimed, as always, that he is the one who passed the Veterans Choice Law. Barack Obama signed that into law in 2014. Trump signed a 2018 law to modify it. Trump said, I have done more for the African-American community than any president since Abraham Lincoln. That is ludicrous. Lyndon Johnson, for one, signed the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. And that is, and it goes on. It it goes on for several minutes. And that is uh, Daniel Dale's work. Daniel, thanks for joining us again. Hey, thanks for having me back. So we witnessed you in the, during the Trump presidency become a, as I said, a news superstar. How has your (laughs) life changed Thanks, man. Uh, my life is pretty similar. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was at the Toronto Star when the Trump presidency started, uh, and then went to CNN. And so, you know, it's a bigger platform, bigger audience, you know, more Twitter followers. But um, I was basically doing the same stuff, like fact-checking pretty much everything the president said. And so we're entering a new era now where that will no longer be my life. Uh, I'm already a little more relaxed than I was for most of the Trump era. Um, but no, nothing, nothing huge has changed, honestly. I'm still a, the same guy, of course. Whenever you rattle off the facts uh, after a, a Trump speech or after a, a Trump appearance and the reaction on your coworkers, the anchors that were uh, uh, getting it thrown back to you by them, uh, by you, um, the, the look on their faces is just dumbfoundedness. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a couple of those where I, I thought the the reaction from like Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon kind of made the the segment what it was. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, right? The, just the sheer number of lies that that President Trump is able to tell in in, in the period of time that he tells them. Like, you know, he he has campaign rallies where he's thirty false claims, uh, or you know, he'll have ten tweets with like more than ten false claims. Um, <laughs> it's just like we've never. We've never seen anything like this from a president of the United States. Have you ever put your psychologist or psychiatrist hat on and, and figured out why, why he did that constantly? I, so so I, it's a good question. I, I've tried to stay away from the kind of psychological angle. I think it's a legitimate thing to think about. Um, there are Trump critics who say, like, you know, he, he lies as much because he's a He's a malignant narcissist. You know, he has narcissistic personality disorder and such and such. I, I stay away because I, I just feel unqualified, regardless of the the ethical debate about whether we should do this. I'm like, I just don't know. I'm not an expert. Um, and so for me, I, I kind of look at the, like, strategic angles. You know, what, so how does it help him to tell some of these lies? You know, how does it help him with voters? How does it help him achieve his policy goals? Um, but then I think a part of it is just, like, for whatever reason, this is just how his brain works. Like, 
he lied for years as a real estate guy. He lied for years as a you know TV celebrity, and and then he started lying for you know as a politician. And just like how the man operates for whatever whatever mental reason there is, it's just kind of what he does. So how um, I, I I know you've been on this show before, uh, Daniel, but. So if this is asked already, sorry, but how do you how do you research um, and how do you know how do you figure out the lies so so quickly and and promptly because you don't you don't just say that's a lie you say that's a lie and here's the truth. Yeah, th- thanks. So the the only secret to like doing it quickly is that Trump tells the same lies over and over. Seriously, so like you know it's it's not a matter of great skill on my part. It's like okay, the first time he tells this lie about, you know, the veterans, he, he claimed more than 100 times, I think it was like 150 or something, that uh, he's the one who passes Veterans Choice Law that Barack Obama actually signed in 2014. And so I don't remember it, but I'm sure the first time he said that, I was like, okay, I have to Google this, like, is that true? Um, but then the second time, it's like, okay, now I know that Obama said, you know, Obama signed it. And then like the 100th time he says this stuff, it's just like permanently etched into my brain, you know, so much useless knowledge uh, from, from fact-checking him. And so it's just, it just repetition. Um, the, the other stuff, you know, that he'll, he'll, he constantly introduces new ones. And so, you know, it's always a mix of like things I can fact-check in a, a literally a second and things that might take, you know, hours or a day because I have to, you know, dig into a database or call experts or, you know, call people in a particular state. And so, you know, all the tools that I use as a reporter, anybody uses as, as a reporter, like, you know, database research, calling experts, you know, talking to regular people. Um, I, I've also had to do that as a fact checker. Now, you had to do something unique recently. You had to fact check for court filings. Yeah, like, so th- this was the... Uh, the, the Texas-led court case trying to get the results in, in four states, Biden won, overturned. And, and then Trump filed his own brief in support of that Texas lawsuit. And the Trump brief was just filled with complete nonsense, like the same kinds of stuff you see on his Twitter feed. It was like a lawyer just polished up his Twitter language and turned it into a Supreme Court brief. And it, it's super it's super unusual. Like, you know, we know that uh, in lawsuits, you know, one party or another might make bad legal arguments and then they get shot down by the judge really fast. But they don't usually just make up a bunch of facts. You know, they get the law wrong or, or make a dubious legal argument. But it's not like they're just making up the facts. And that's what Trump and his lawyer did in this brief. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Now, now you said it's going to change your... Uh soon because uh president-elect biden will be uh coming on board and as i keep telling people it, it's it's going to be what we want in politics boring <laughs> correct yeah well i don't i so I'm, I'm hesitant to like make a firm prediction that it's going to be boring because it, the u.s is just so much happens in this country it's, the unexpected seems to constantly happen um, and you know that you know republicans are going to be we don't even know if republicans are going to accept biden's win in the in the long term, like let alone you know this week, like are they are they even going to call in Mr. President? You know how are they going to try to you know investigate him or or otherwise you know stymie him for him? Um, you know there's a lot of tension in the Democratic Party between the you know the the left like the you know Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Bernie Sanders wing, and the the, the so-called moderates. Um, so I don't know, but in ter- for you know that's a long answer, but yeah, for a fact checker, it will be more boring. For sure, because um, whatever you think of Joe Biden, you know, he definitely exaggerates sometimes. He's told some out-and-out lies, but the frequency is just way less from him and from literally anyone, everyone else elected in Washington than from Donald Trump. And so I think all of us are kind of trying to figure out, like, what are our days going to be like? Because for me, with Trump, it was just like my day is Trump. You know, he, he lies so much that it's like a, it's a, literally a full-time job just dealing with this one guy. Whereas with Biden, you know, I'm going to fact check him rigorously. CNN will be fact checking him rigorously, but but being rigorous about Biden doesn't take you know 20 hours a day like it does with Trump. And so you know maybe we do more fact checking of uh, members of Congress as well, or, or you know social media misinformation that's going viral. And so it'll it'll be a different mix than than I've had for the last four years. So how I guess I'm taking you back a little bit. You moved to the states. Uh, I'm assuming you're in Atlanta there. 
or is in it Washington? I'm in DC. In DC. Oh, yeah. oh, you're in DC. Nice. That's a nice spot too, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, how did your How did your job change moving from Toronto to DC and or evolve? And uh, what would you say is the main main differences? Or did you were you hired and they said just do your thing? Well, so I, I originally moved to D.C. So I, I covered Rob Ford, late Toronto mayor, uh, for four years, which was, uh, you know, if you remember anything about Rob Ford, that was just a crazy experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was wild. Uh, so I thought, I thought it was going to be a bit, a bit more normal when I moved to D.C. I thought I'd be like, you know, just writing feature articles, you know, traveling around and writing about different things going on in different parts of the country. And then so I got there in January 2015, and... and Trump launched his campaign in June 2015. So I had like six months of sort of quasi-normalcy. And then I was there that first day when Trump went down the uh, the golden escalator at Trump Tower. And that just, that only just kind of changed my life. Like, you know, Trump was the story from, from then on. He almost immediately went to the top of the Republican primary polls. And it was just crazy, like with the, you know, the, the huge rallies. And it was, it was clear that he was a political phenomenon. And so covering that, and then my life sort of changed again uh, about a year into his campaign. That's when I started fact-checking him. Um, and I never expected that that would be, you know, I, I was just doing it because I thought it should be done. You know, I didn't expect that it would be like this popular thing or it would get me on TV or that I'd get hired full-time by CNN. So all, all this stuff just kind of happened because there's so much interest in Trump and his lying that I, I really never expected so yeah it's been since 2015 it's just been a truly like crazy ride for me daniel do you, when you moved to the states do you recall how many twitter followers you had then um i don't remember exactly but i know that uh like a so a more like a year and a half into it at the time of the 2016 primaries which i think was like june i might be wrong um i think i had thirty thousand followers and he's now at 1.2 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been like, it's been ridiculous, you know. And at every point, I'm like, okay, this is probably it. Like, surely there can't be more people who are like, interested in my tweets. But uh, it's just it's just Trump. Like, you know, not to be you know, falsely modest. Like, of course, you know, I think I've, I've done good work and I work hard and whatever. But, like, it's just that there's so much interest in this guy uh, that, you know, the audience just is so big. And um, you you love your Raptors. You love your dog. I've never asked you. Do you love Washington? Do you like living there? I I do I do like it. I, I like Toronto better, honestly. Like I, I miss home uh, a lot. My my family, my parents, and my siblings are in Toronto. Um, but yeah, DC is good. Like you know, the winners are, are better here. There's, there's a ton of sports, like not only pro but uh, tons of of colleges here. Um, so you can go to like cheap basketball games. It, it, it's, and it's Baltimore's really, close too, right? Like it's yeah, that Baltimore's whole area, close. Virginia, like it's crazy. Yeah, you can, you can go to lots of stuff and like, you know, you can, if you want to go to like, you know, games in New York or Philly, it's it, it just so compact here compared to Canada. You can take the train to a lot of these places. Um, yeah, DC is beautiful, just like, you know, the trees and the design, the architecture. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, it's not home for me, and I, I think Toronto's a better city overall, but DC's cool, too. Uh, Daniel, your family must be very proud. Uh, a side note, um, I was working at TSN for about three years, and my mom still thought I worked at CNN. Every t- every time she told anyone, they're like, oh, where's your son working? She'd go, oh, CNN. I'm like, no, Mom, it's TSN. It's TSN, so... That's incredible. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, Dan, so you can't make it back for Christmas then, probably, because you'd have to quarantine. Yeah, I've been, I've been stuck here for uh, like since the pandemic. I was back in early March in, in Toronto uh, to do an event just before, like right before things blew up. Like, I think it was a, maybe a week before the NBA shut down. Um, yeah, and so I haven't, I haven't been back. So I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, it looks like 2021 we'll be able to have a little more normalcy and I'll be able to come home and, and see my family. Yeah, it's been, you know, people have it rougher, but it's it's not great for sure. Yeah, I think the three of us uh, speaking right now, we're about last on the list to get the vaccine. Yeah. So uh, it's, yeah. it's going to yeah. be it's going to be a bit. Uh, Daniel Dale, as always, we uh, we thank you for coming on and Merry Christmas, buddy. Great Merry job, Christmas. Daniel. Thank you so much, guys. Take thank care. You. That's Daniel Dale. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, at ddale8 at ddale8. So from 30, I'd never asked that before, from 30,000 followers to 1.2 million. 
Uh, he does some fun stuff. Uh, okay, I wanted to do this. We're going to play a little game. All right. Are you, do you have a TikTok account? No. Okay, so I have a TikTok account because both my daughters are on it. I want to make sure they aren't doing any of the, the dances that are like a bit inappropriate. So I keep tabs, but also oh, inappropriate. Uh, oh yeah, there's TikTok. girls in bikinis shaking their butts, and like, oh, like my nine year old will do this dance. Now I'm she, gonna get an account. You she, think it's because you told me she's that they're scantily clad women. Well, then, uh, like the kids are doing, I'm like, hey, you can do any dance, just don't be shaking your butt. I said, no butt stuff. That's what I always say. So anyway, no twerking. You get stuck on it because there's a for you page, and they just play all like funny videos and like you can get stuck on it for hours <laughs> one of the challenges is it's called the the finger down challenge so you put 10 fingers up in there you've got to do this okay. and i came up with one of these so they're all for all different things it's like uh you might be canadian uh this and then you put your 10 fingers down if you end up with none then you win whatever okay so here we go put a finger down canadian edition i came up with this i'm going to post this on twitter or instagram stuff you play along as well Put a finger down if you've ever cleared your car off with a driveway shovel. Put a finger down if you've ever critiqued a Zamboni driver. For sure. Put a finger down if you know that taking off hockey skates is the best feeling on earth. <laughs> Put a finger down if you know someone who's met Wayne Gretzky. Put a finger down if you've ever not cleared your car off, pulled out, and just hoped for the best. <laughs> Put a finger down if you know that small arena hot chocolate is the worst, but really it's the best. <laughs> Put a finger down if you've had a beaver tail. Oh, yeah. Put a finger down if you've been in a Canadian tire and thought to yourself, I could walk around here for a few hours. <laughs> Put a finger down if you can instantly picture the Crosby Golden Goal. Yeah. Put a finger down if at some point you have watched a Canadian at the Olympics and cried. Yeah, you know, like both at 2010, Billado. Um, so you had two what, fingers left. Which ones yeah, did I not I, get you on? Because the car. You've never the, used a driveway shovel? Yes, I never used a driveway shovel, and I've never hoped for the best without clearing. Oh, come on. Like, that's Live a little. Roll the dice, Jermaine. Nope. Sure, you can only see like a portion of the road, but it's fun. Actually, in that case, then I should have put a finger down because... You know when you get in the car and it fogs up because you're, and you can't see. But, but you still you, go. But you, you still, still go. go. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Okay. But so, actually yeah. not clearing it off, that's crazy. Uh, but I mean, like, <laughs> the, you see that it's been windy, so there's only snow on, like, one side. You okay, can see. guilty, guilty. Okay, so we only yeah, had one. Yeah, uh, one Stoff, how many fingers you end up with? I had two. I also never took a shovel to my car. <laughs> <laughs> I've used a broom. I've used excessive brooms. I broke a broom once, but never a shovel. Uh, and the other one was walking around for a cane tire for hours. That's definitely not my thing. Really? I don't like being in stores in general. Oh, Canadian tire, though. It's like a smorgasbord. <laughs> yes. like, when, like, it's yeah. crazy because you're like, oh, I could use that in the kitchen. And then you need tires. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, oh, a rolling pin. And then you need to clear your car. And I need a canoe, and a canoe. And a casserole dish. Yeah. And some cleaning supplies. And a hockey stick. And some toys, some Christmas decorations. Yeah. Everything. Car mats, windshield wipers. Oh, paint section? Why not? <laughs> and have you ever gone to the pots, the frying pans, and the pot section at Canadian yeah. Tire? My last six frying pans have come from Canadian Tire. You know why? Because they're 98% off. Exactly. <laughs> $9.99, boom, for the T-Fat. Wait. This one used to be two hundred dollars, and it's on for seven bucks. Okay, and I'll I take. Totally that. believe it. <laughs> yes, I would have paid two hundred. I've got forty-eight frying pans because of that. Yeah. I walk out, I'm like, why do I have these? Do you need them, or is it just? No, it's just too much of a deal to pass up. It's fantastic. It sounds like I've been my, doing the Canadian Tire thing wrong. You have. You have. My last, yeah, my last six frying pans have been all Canadian Tire. I don't buy it any from anywhere else, and they last for at least. Two years. Yeah, there you go, Canadian Tire, because right now their slogan is Canada's Christmas store. Canadian Tire, Canada's frying pan store. <laughs> That's a nice Canadian ring fryer. to it. <laughs> <laughs> On fuego. So, yeah, that's the 10-finger, the put-a-finger-down 
Canadian Edition Challenge. The uh, Sidney Crosby Golden Goal. Um, Were you in the building for that? I was not in the building for that. I was actually in Whistler, and I'll never forget because I was mad. I was mad because... Um, because <laughs> they're like the the final 50k cross country meet is on and you need to cover it. And I'm like, oh. no worries. And then I see that it's on during the game. Oh, I'm like, uh, do you know that uh, the like this is going on during the game? And they're like, yeah, we know. Because <laughs> I thought the hockey game was the final event it's at the Vancouver to Olympics. Be the final. So so of course it takes. A while, uh, but I was there, and to his credit, I was glad I was there because Ben Kershaw came in fourth, not third. He was like he was literally crying because um, he was so close to meddling. But I was like, "Thanks, Ben. See you later. You guys need anything? Nope. All right, out of here. Let's go." So we ran, <laughs> so we jump on the bus and we caught the last two periods, and of course, um, overtime. And I, was, I yeah, I was sitting next to. Jen Hedger on my left, Glenn Campbell on my right, and Iggy, 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 and it's like, the golden goal, and we jumped up like crazy, and of course, hug Hedge, she was like a feather, I picked up Glenny <laughs> like he was a feather, it was unbelievable, Glenn Campbell, he's uh, CTV Sports in Calgary, uh, it was unbelievable. Unreal event. Yeah. I remember, remember Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> In the back of a pickup truck? Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> in the rain? <laughs> it was. In a paint. And a lot of the people were just walking down the street. They're like, what the? F- is that Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> it's like, the truck's stopping and he's holding on. You're like, I don't think this is the way it was supposed to be. Something, I want to talk to someone who was involved in that because I don't think that was the first. They didn't say, okay, here's the first plan and we're going to do it. Gretzky in a pickup truck. And everyone didn't say, yeah, great idea. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no ch- Something must have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, was a, it was a rocky start. <laughs> yeah. Because even inside... Something happened in the opening ceremonies. Like yeah, one, one of the, of the arms. columns that didn't come up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was a death like the day grass. before the Olympics started. I was uh, in the newsroom the day that happened. That was the worst yeah. possible start to the Olympics because that's when they figured out this track is too fast. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget that either. It was Nodar Kumarichvili is how you uh, pronounce it. Um, and he was from Georgia, the Georgian... Mm-hmm. Uh, loser and um, yeah, um, it was too fast. It was it, the track was too much for a few athletes. Clearly, and well, it's and like um, putting someone who's driven faster in their car in an F one car and saying, yeah. "Okay, floor it." You don't have the skills. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, the whole event. That um, was in Whistler as well, obviously. Yeah, and. You were in Calgary when you guys just about got the Olympics again. Yes. Like recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the city was pretty pumped, or was there a lot of people that were saying, no, we don't need this? Because no, I can there was see a why. a lot of people that was saying no. Because, now. yeah, if you can reuse all your facilities and don't have to build really anything, which I think Calgary was pinning their hopes on, they only had to build a few things, right? Yeah. But yeah. still, it's a massive investment for a city. It is. It is, and um, let's face it, uh, Alberta as a whole has been going through a rough time for yes. over a decade. So the, the belief would be, you know, um, by the time the Olympics come, this would be a huge boost, and, and, and it would be great for, for the city and the people, and it would be work for people in the city right now or in preparation. But there was too many bah humbugs. Of course, I was all for it, but... There was a lot of people, actually, a good amount that was like, nope. Mm-hmm. I can't, if, if I'm miserable, everybody's going to be miserable. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. that's the way it so was. Brian Burke said once, because he was uh, in Vancouver when they still had the Molson Indy, um, he was with the Canucks. And it was the last year of the race. And he's like, why are we canceling the race? Because like seven people complained when like it brings so much money to the community. But you're like, hey. The, the, the squeaky wheel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, this has been fun. We got to go do a TV show now. We're on after uh, the Monday Night Football game. Your red hot Cleveland Browns. How about those Buffalo Bills? Yeah. Come on, Josh Allen. For real. Hey. I can't believe the NFL's still going. They still are. Oh. I thought it was going to be a disaster. Sure, they've had their hiccups, but I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. And you know what? What's and I agree, and I hope they do. What's different about the NFL, I think, is they are a pro league, and they are taking their lumps and the speed wobbles, and they are finding a way. When you're talking about the NCAA, that's a little shaky to me because these players are not pros. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting paid for their education, and they're not getting paid. It's their education paid for, and there's no chance this is helping them. Um, yeah, it's only the it's the bottom line, and that and that's the bottom line in terms for the NCAA, and that's a little shaky to me. But the NFL, I mean, these are grown men, adults, pros, and money. If they can do it, good for you. Yep. And they are doing it. Um, I wonder if, uh, no, it's too soon. They're Actually, no, they're allowing fans in the stands for some games in Florida, and that's where the, the game is. It's in Tampa, so they'll have probably like 25% or something for the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Maybe more? Because eventually, if you get the vaccine, I don't know if you get a card or if you get something, but you'll be able to get tickets to sporting events if you have a vaccine, I'm almost guaranteed. Wow, yeah. So, we'll have ours by 2022. <laughs> I want to be the last guy in Canada. Yeah. I want to be the last guy to get it. Say yeah. no. You guys go ahead. Go ahead. No problem. I'll just wait here. I have no problem with that. You're beside me, right? Oh, yeah. I'll be second last. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> then we'll be on the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll wave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we get a grand prize. I don't know. Uh, stay safe. And uh, do we have a podcast next week? I don't think so, right? Oh, yeah, we will have one. Yeah, it's the 21st. So, yeah. Who is our special guest host? Don't have a clue. I asked him last night. I'm like, who's here next week? He goes, don't know. So it might be Jermaine again. We can only yeah. hope. I feel kind of bad that I didn't believe it was Santa. And I asked him about his personal life with Mrs. Claus. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Dan, let's lift the veil. Who really is it? And it was like, Santa. Oh, 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 I don't talk about what I do with Mrs. Claus. I'm like, oh, jeez, Dan, you could have given me a heads up. Well, I I didn't know where you're going. You're like, do you her really hard? <laughs> yeah, do you give it to her? I'm like, what are you doing? This is Santa Claus. I'll have to roll the tape back. I don't think I said that. Could have been implied. Could have been implied. Mrs. Claus is on TikTok, according to Dan, with the uh, dance moves. But um. but do you think Mr. Claus is getting any after a night of staying out all night? And come on, he's read. So. He's not reading a book the next day. You're lying in bed watching TikTok. Well, he said he's yeah. fit as a fiddle, and I know what that means. And I can't believe he doesn't get sick of milk and cookies. I thought he'd say, "Okay, yeah, give me a pork yeah. job." Or at least maybe a little shortbread, you know? He was all in for the chocolate chip. Or maybe mix in a salad? (laughs) I don't know. Or a Big Mac combo. Absolutely. Mm. Those McDonald's cookies, by the way, outstanding. Especially the the brownie, the chocolate Mm. chocolate chip brownie cookies. Mm. I'm on still on a Big Mac kick. (laughs) Had one again yesterday. (laughs) Might have a problem. We're having too much fun. We're trying to end this show, and yeah. we keep on going. <laughs> Let's go. Break. See ya. See ya. They're going home.
You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello. I am not well. I'm very ill. You <laughs> ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.